in the Vegas Circle with Pocky and Chris, and today joining the circle, we are sitting down with a friend in the room. I finally got a chance to have her come on. She is the founder and CEO of Brand Bomb PR. Uh, she's got a notable uh, career uh, representing clients in uh, several industries, some big name celebrities, including uh, Will Smith and Chris Brown, just to name a few. Today, we're actually going to get in and discuss how to build a successful PR uh, agency and how to effectively develop a PR campaign. So we'll get into that. So welcome, welcome to the circle. You, thank you. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here with you guys. Thank you so much. We're happy yeah, we to finally have. able to make this happen, man. So finally. we've been able to, you know, use some of your clients over the years, which you gave us some some great uh, business owners that we've had on the podcast. Yeah, and, been here several times. It yeah. it's, feels different though being on this side of the mic. <laughs> yeah, just kind of jumping right in. How did you choose like getting into this public relations industry? I know you've kind of had you know your hands in a lot of different businesses. Um, I know you've been in business probably about 10 or 12 years, but mm-hmm. what made you choose this line of work to be able to get into? So my mom told me when I was in eighth grade, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do at a young age, you know, you should really look into doing PR. My uncle's best friend was like a really big publicist in California, actually in Hollywood. And at the time I was living in Philadelphia. So the thought of like being on the West Coast doing PR like was just sounded so cool. Yeah. And um, I've always been a really good writer. I've always, you know, been into celebrities and events. And, you know, at a young age, I knew no matter what I did, I wanted to do something that, you know, wouldn't be redundant. Like, I didn't want to come to an office every day and just, like, repeat the same thing and just, like, live a boring life. Like, I always knew that I needed something excitement that kind of, you know, was a blend of my talents of, like, writing and being creative and, you know, networking and just, you mm. know, getting out there and doing events. Yeah. So, you know, with that, you know, <clears throat> PR is very generalized, right? I think there's a lot of different aspects to it and you're trying to build something for on behalf of somebody or a business, right? So in a nutshell, how would you kind of, you know, provide a definition of what that entails from a, an entrepreneur standpoint or a business standpoint or even a personal brand standpoint? Yeah, so PR is basically maximizing uh, your brand or business in front of your audience and to the public. It's the relationship that you have with the public. So mm. a lot of people don't necessarily understand the difference between advertising and PR. Mm-hmm. You know, advertising is paid for. Uh, PR is earned media. So advertising is you saying you're the best. Like you bought the ad. It's sponsored. It's by you. PR is, you know, the strategy is is instead of it being you are the best, it's coming from the media outlet endorsing you as the best. So PR is more of like, you know, the the story in the magazine compared to the ad right next to it. Got it. So like we were discussing earlier, so like, let's say you have a, a budget, right? Like we know you've worked with multiple different celebrities or wherever that brand is. Like, so let's say, for example, Crazy Horse, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say they give you whatever that budget number is, 30,000, 25,000. How do you come up with these like menu of services to put it out to be able to utilize, you know, so the money goes into the right buckets per se. Right. So it really depends on what the business is. Um, Generally, when we take on a new client, we always start to build a buzz locally, Mm -hmm. you know, in the community that also assists with the call to action. And, you know, before we generally pitch nationally, if you don't have a buzz locally, that kind of says a lot and it makes it harder to build a buzz for you nationally. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of our clients come to us for uh, events. You know, we're doing Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, business launches, you know, like maybe like red carpet cutting, maybe having a celebrity host. You know, uh, we like to get people in uh, whatever community that we're in, like from government affairs to come out and support us. So things like reaching out to mayors and local council people and just helping create create the buzz for the brand. You know, we're seeing a lot of influencer strategy. So, you know, booking talent, doing red carpets. We are constantly monitoring the news to see who's trending. So, you know, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, I've worked with a lot of med spas. And for med spas, you know, 
They want to be, you know, top of mind with national women's interest outlets, things like Us Weekly, In Touch People. Yeah. Well, it's hard for them to get those placements, just, you know, us pitching pitching those services. So the way we can uh, get the brand in front of those outlets is by, you know, we'll book a celebrity that is trending, we'll yeah. have them host, and then we'll work with those outlets. And then the, the client will reap the benefits of having that celebrity, you know, and and, and they'll, they'll be able to get the press, you know, so-and-so was in the news. In exactly. It was Got just it. at this med spa. You know, we've done a lot of celebrity makeovers and it really just depends on the brand got it yeah yeah that's interesting so it's like it's so many different menus kind of that you have where so if somebody comes to you is it is it more of like a, a menu that they would put together like where um you know you could advertise and be on the news as one you know kind of budget part or if it's a magazine or or those different kind of yeah uh, so templates here. it really i mean there's a, there's a, a lot of things that we can do, but also it does come down to budget. So, okay. you know, some of our services include like local pitching, mm-hmm. national pitching, um, awards, which is something that's really big. So mm-hmm. for our clients, you know, we have a lot of um, in the medical field. So obviously uh, doctors, any kind of award really speaks prestige. So we'll pitch them not only on a local level, but we'll also pitch them on an industry level. Mm-hmm. And we help guide all of our clients to get to those goals. So, you know, whenever we're meeting with a client for the first time, I say like, what are your goals? Like what, you know, what media outlet would really wow you? Like kind of like to start backwards. And, um, and then we kind of tell them the strategy that we think would help them reach their goals compared to, you know, Oftentimes, clients will just come to us and say, oh, you know, we just need this press release, you know, composed and distributed. And I'm like, hold on, let's find what the angle is, because us distributing a press release, if we don't find that angle and we don't have a solid strategy of follow up, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's not going to uh, do anything for you. Yeah. When you have that, <clears throat> so say you have, you know, like Pocky mentioned, the suite of services that you're providing, you know, and when you're trying to develop those services and contacts, you know, to me, it seems like that'd be the most important part of it. Like you have to know people in those industries at those various magazines or um, and the news stations. Do you did you spend a lot of time having to develop that before you built your PR business, or was it kind of always consistently evolving? Yeah, it's really a mix. I mean, a lot of what we do really, you know, having strong media relationships is key because you know sometimes when we run into roadblocks, I can easily pick up the phone and just like that, get something for a client. But also I think, you know, I've been doing this so long that I can look at, you know, the, whatever the client story, whatever we're pitching. And I can, I can tell right away if we need to tweak it, you know, if you want to get press, the best way to do that is you have to be able to tie your client into what's trending in the Mm -hmm. world. So perfect example. I just, uh, picked up a client in town, Santa's wrap. Um, Mm -hmm. they're a local holiday decor store. The owner had hired someone to do a press release for them, and the press release was basically like, Santa's wrap is fully stocked, we have everything, we're the best, we're the best, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I totally had to change the press release because I had to manage the client's expectation. Like, this press release reads like an advertisement. Saying you're the best is not going to generate you any kind of publicity. There's no news angle. What's trending in the news right now is inflation, soaring prices, people aren't traveling. So we reworked that press release, mm-hmm. uh, how people are you know, planning to decorate their homes and make their homes more cheery this season since they're not planning to travel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, people are starting to shop early because of inflation. And then it becomes a news story. And then we were able to get that client th- two or three news segments, an interview with the Las Vegas Review Journal, uh, placement off the strip. So it's really just you know, tying your client into the, the the overall news, what's happening in the world. That's interesting yeah. to be able to have that strategy. You don't realize that um, piggybacking on, like you were saying, what's trending and things like that, that's really what can drive traffic to the brand. So that's, yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. Like I know a few weeks ago, or what was it, last week uh, when I saw you, we were talking about Crazy Horse when we did the announcement yeah, yeah. on Bitcoin. Bitcoin. So, yeah. 
you know, that was, I mean, obviously a strip club being one of, one of the biggest in the country, one of the most yeah. popular, um, accepting Bitcoin, you know, that's big news, but, um, you know, I had uh, secured that announcement with TMZ just for the wow factor, like Bitcoin for lap dances. And when I did draft the press release that came after that exclusive, we really led with, you know, Crazy Horses just steps away from Allegiant Stadium. There's people that are coming from all over the world. And imagine the fact that now people from all over the world, they don't have to exchange currency because, you know, we have Bitcoin. So that was that that factor and also just the level of privacy. I mean, of course, going to a strip club. I mean, people like to not leave a paper trail. So that was big news. The fact that you can go and, you know, virtually nobody will know that you were there now compared yeah, to like seeing it on a, on a receipt. That's, I mean, that's exactly what we were talking about is like you're being able to do that now being the first of industry. Have you seen that now other gentlemen's clubs have picked up on that immediately? Yeah. To try to figure out that. Absolutely. That I and mean, the club is definitely wor- uh, used to that. I mean, they yeah. definitely are big innovators. So we're mm-hmm. constantly, I work really closely with the owner and the general manager and the assistant general manager. And we're mm-hmm. seeing what's trending. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to cater to that sophisticated audience and like, what's next? What can we do? What can we roll out mm-hmm. that? What is that like next level amenity that our customers want to see? And then, mm-hmm. you know, just like in any business, you yeah. know, competitors follow suit. So yeah. like, for example, Palms, I know, was a, I think you would work with them back in the day and then also they're a client of yours. Correct? So yeah. Palms, I was yeah. the PR manager there from for several years, 2013 to 2016. Yeah. So they were in, so they're in a unique situation, right? So the Fertitta family ran them, they were under the station casino umbrella, and then they ended up selling it, right, to the first kind of like Indian mm-hmm. casinos here. Uh, is that somebody that you're working with now to kind of restructure and, and drive traffic to Palms to kind of be that that big name on the market now? Or? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not working with them currently. Okay. Actually, when I was in-house, uh, it was transitioning to the stations team. Got it. And oh. just in my few short years of being with Palms, we had seen, I don't know, there's maybe three or so changes in, um, like, presidents. So. Mm-hmm. When I was at Palms, we were doing a lot of roll-ups, rollouts of certain concepts, and then another president would come in and be like, okay, that was a great campaign, but we're going to change this. So, you know, I worked really closely with um, one of my mentors, Alex Acuna, and mm-hmm. we were constantly having to figure out, okay, how can we do this next rollout and get people excited and not make it look like, you know, what had been done previously was a failure and sure. just kind of keep elevating the brand. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, you know, having those big names under your belt, you know, how do you differentiate yourself from other PR agencies and ultimately attract, you know, some of those people that do have those more extensive budgets? Because I feel like, you know, you really have to develop your own personal brand to be able to push effectively what you're able to provide and the value proposition that you're giving to them. You know, how have you kind of built those relationships? I would say, well, we're a boutique PR agency, and um, I know a lot of PR agencies, they kind of put their founder front and center to kind of seal the deal, and then they just disappear, and then they let, you know, maybe a coordinator out of college kind of just handle the account. Me, I'm heavily involved with all of our accounts. Um, We're extensively training. Um, I'm scaling slow because I want to scale the right way. I want to make sure that everybody on my team is, you know, an extension of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I really feel like my creativity or or really any successful public uh, creativity is, is really what's going to fuel their success. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, really good at being able to find an angle when there's not an angle there. And I've mm-hmm. 
probably done some of the craziest PR campaigns in the city. Like I've done, I mean, besides having a lot of cannabis and the strip club clients, I've done a lot of work with Camp Soto, which is the adult campsite. Um, and that's just because I work with a lot of reality stars. So from my years of experience at the Palms, when we were having everybody at Ditch Fridays and we did a ton of filming, um, I mean, everybody's filmed at the Palms. And then at Crazy Horse, our owner is always really big on the TMZ press and the Page Six press, which is not necessarily easy to get in the middle of the Me Too movement. So, you know, I would always have my eyes open on, you know, who's going to jail, who's getting married, who's, you know, whatever big scandal. Yeah. And um, and I, I'm a relationship builder. So I've kept in touch with a lot of those people. And I've been able to do a lot of fun things, whether it's giving them a whole celebrity body makeover or doing an adult cam show or just booking them at a red carpet event. Mm. So um, I think, again, it just comes down to what are the client's goals um, who is their audience? Who do they need to be in front of? And, you know, once you figure that out, then we kind of take it from there. Yeah. We were talking offline about influencers, right? So it's like the influencers is like the big, you know, driving traffic to brands and things like that. What would be a suggestion from like a PR's perspective on how to do that the right way and, and drive traffic the right way for, for somebody that's an influencer? I would say one most important is always, always have a contract involved. Um, <clears throat> I think it's really, really important to invest in any kind of official document, but I feel like the the contract adds a sense of legitimacy to everything. So every mm-hmm. time we work with an influencer, you know, whether it's on a trade deal or whether they're hosting, there's always a contract that outlines the deliverables on our end and their end. And I think that's the most important place to start because, you know, you want to be able to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. That's and, very important. Yeah. You know, and then they can hold the venue accountable. But otherwise, I mean, a, it, it will just be, you know, a big cluster if not. Yeah, you know, one thing they were saying, obviously, you know, uh, it seems like it's getting more and more um, prevalent where you have big names that or businesses that tend to get some bad publicity. You know, Mm -hmm. I think the most important part, I would assume most people come to you when they're having really challenging issues that they're really trying to redevelop their brand, reposition themselves. You know, what is your kind of overall process when you have something that's pretty major that's, you know, detrimental to a business and really trying to reposition it and get them back on track? It really depends what it is. Um, Sometimes less is more. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I really feel like it's better to say nothing and just, you know, go back to your core strategy and focus on what the mission of the brand is um, compared to digging a hole more and more. For example, just off the top of my head, I know, I think it was like Adam Levine that recently had a cheating scandal. (laughs) So, you know, that was all over the press. And then his statement that he gave was, was, I can't remember exactly, but it was something that I felt like dug a, a much bigger hole where he was like, oh, no, that didn't happen. And then that just gave room to feel the fire to have the accuser like, oh, well, here's tax and, and, and that kind of thing. Now, I mean, I, in that situation, I would have taken ownership of the situation, handled it completely different. I wouldn't have went radio silent. But um, in saying that, um, I just think it really depends on the situation. Uh, every situation is completely different. Um, I feel like it's always important to be transparent, to take ownership. You know, mistakes happen, but uh, if there is a mistake, always take ownership, take accountability, and have a game plan on how you're going to do better in the future. And do you ever get to a point where you're like, there's nothing I can do to help you? Like, <laughs> that's, that's literally what I was asking. You're too yeah. far. You're too yeah. You know yeah. what? <laughs> it would only get to that if the founder or whoever, you know, we're dealing with is does not want to do the right thing, doesn't want to comply. Like yeah. We like to do, mm. you know, um, we like to do good business. And I think in business, you know, we all make mistakes. And I think depending on the situation, if you take ownership and you aim to fix the problem and, and you know, vow to do better, you can you can get through that mess. But if you're behind the scenes working with someone that's, you know, you know, standing by the bad stuff, 
Of course. Um, I mean, then that would but be they don't care. Exactly. The ego kicks in. Exactly. Then yep. it's just you know. Then I'm not the one for you. Yeah. Since you've been in business now for probably ten or twelve years, what's one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known when you first started in your business? I mean, I would say that it's really important to work on your business, not just in your business. Okay. Um, in the sense of. You know, at least in our nature, our business, we're constantly working on several different businesses all the time. But I had to learn that I had to also prioritize my own business and take the time to, you know, keep my own website updated, figure out how I'm going to get to the top of Google, you know, uh, look for opportunities for my for my own business. And I think that that's one of the things that a lot of business owners may not realize or, you know, we just get so busy because we wear so many hats. And that's something that I wish I knew earlier on to make my own business just as much as a priority as my clients. So putting yeah. the marketing dollars, like you were saying about Google, is you know paying for the pay per clicks or the search engine optimizations, where you're actually taking the money to actually put into your PR company. So yes, mm-hmm. absolutely, that's important. Mm-hmm. But for us, what we do is is again the, the earned media. So Got it. Mm-hmm. again, that's things like. Um, uh, write-ups and features and just having Google have those organic placements that endorse your brand, whether it's like winning an award or having mm. a story about you. Sure. Um, for us, when we pitch, we pitch our clients online, print, broadcast, and podcast. So Got we it. cover 360 strategy. Um, we do kind of like uh, cold pitches where we're you know reaching out to media that, that we've created these custom media lists and we've identified, okay, these writers and these outlets will be interested in you know this story of this brand. But then mm. we also work very closely with other journalists who have stories that are already cleared to go from their editors and they need experts in those industries to support those articles. So, you know, that way we kind of get, we're we're planting the seed on those big stories, those big full features, but we're also able to incorporate our clients into stories that are, you know, constantly being um, churned out that really place them as an authority in their industry. And you kind of work in uh, in multiple different markets, right? So you work in Las Vegas and then California heavy, right? Yeah. Is is that, that's your two states that you guys are are in Nevada and Exactly. Right now we're in Las Vegas and we're in San Diego and, you know, we're always open to more. Actually, I just did a call with somebody today in Texas. So we, I mean, we have the ability to pitch um, in any market and we've had a lot of other success in like markets like Philadelphia, markets like New York. Um, So we're able to go on, on a national basis. That's excellent. Yeah, that's a, that's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, especially to be able to do that and be able to to, to move faster on that side. Um, for business advice, what's a, a gem of business advice that you could leave you know our listeners with, or um, somebody that wants to start their own business? And what would you share with them that uh, you know a gem that they? I could- would say really look at your business as an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, pay yourself conservatively so that you have a, a money in your business account where you can you know, uh, prioritize growth. You want to be able to hire the best talent. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a firm believer in having a really good lawyer and a really good accountant. Um, I might like for myself, if I'm like out and about, I might think twice if I want to go buy a designer bag or something. But when it comes to stuff for my business, like I just spent a ton of money on this really expensive PR software that's going to help me churn out some pitches um, a lot more strategically. So, you know, if I didn't have that money in my account, I may be, you know, a little nervous to do those things. Good. But I yeah. absolutely, you know, reinvest. Um, exactly. I yeah. reinvest. I reinvest, and I know that 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 it, it comes back tenfold. That's awesome. Yeah. Just transition a little bit. What's your favorite restaurant in Las Vegas? Yeah. <sighs> so many. I'm such a yeah. foodie. I love to eat. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, we go out all the time. Um, right now, mm-hmm. I love this little gem in, t- in Chinatown called Nepal Barbecue. Oh, it's, barbecue. it's a Korean I've barbecue. You've it's, heard it? You've been there before? No? Oh okay. my yeah. gosh. We have to go. Yeah, okay. it sounds it's fantastic. Nepal really barbecue. cool. It's okay. like 
it's 80s themed inside, which is, it's like okay. you feel like you're in Tokyo in the 80s. But okay. I just feel like there, it, it's a full menu. It's not just beef or pork because a lot of times when you go to Korean barbecue, I feel like it's just like an overwhelming yeah. amount yeah. of like those things. It's like all you can eat place or is yeah, it like it's, a- it's all you can eat, but they have everything from like shrimp and they have brisket and then they have like chicken wings. Oh. And it's just, you know, it's I'm nice really spot. about that experience. And mm-hmm. um, I do have two young children. So I like to be able to br- bring them places that they think are cool mm-hmm. and that are fun and yeah. more importantly that just tastes good the, the service is always on point everybody like works together and um that's cool and i haven't heard that oh my gosh it's so good yeah. and like <laughs> the worst thing is when you go somewhere and you're hungry and the food takes forever to come out and it just korean barbecue it doesn't doesn't flow like that so i said jim we haven't had anybody mention that on the show so that's good yeah so no, you said nepal 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 bar- barbecue okay. it's like no, spring mountain jones so delicious let's we'll check that out for sure what else are you concentrating on just especially with us coming up on the new year um what else are you focused um, I'm really focusing on getting out and networking more. Um, I'm really focused also, uh, philanthropy is really important to me. Um, I incorporate it in, uh, into, you know, every, all the missions that we do for our clients, but, um, I'm looking to get on a bunch of different new boards. Um, we, I just took my daughter over the weekend to the Nevada Childhood Cancer Foundation, Excellent. um, with yeah. my dear friend, Sherry Quallen, who owns Quallen, uh, advertising. Awesome. Um, we just did the PR for a granted gift for autism at Allegi- Allegiant Stadium, which yeah, was, was amazing. Yeah, I saw oh that. my gosh. Yeah. It was yeah. so cool. And, you know, I really want to give back to the community and the service that we have. I mean, we can help all kinds of businesses and charities. So mm-hmm. I really want to be able to, to use this gift that we have and mm-hmm. try to get max, uh, maximize the exposure that these charities um, so that they can raise more money and do do yeah. more for the community. That's awesome, yeah. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to sit yeah, down with fantastic. you and be able to pick your brain for a little while. And be Thank able to, you. How do people reach out to you? What's your guys' social handles and all that? Yeah. It's Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y mm-hmm. underscore Feldman, F-E-L-D-M-A-N on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and brandbombpr.com. Yeah, and awesome. of course, Brand Bomb PR at Instagram. Well, it's a ple- pleasure, man. And yeah, uh, you'll be able to reach out to us and, and subscribe with us at our podcast and Spotify and all the ones at so thank you, Lindsay. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Lindsay. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you that was guys. great. Yeah.